Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Verge Bernero. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly. And the unknown comic. Mark Farner. Mayor Weaver. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. The Tom Sumner Program and WFOV, community partners for Flint, for Michigan, and beyond. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Trump fires back after Cohen accusation. I'm Sean Cantwell. President Donald Trump accused his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, of lying under pressure of prosecution Wednesday as his White House grappled with allegations that the president had orchestrated a campaign cover-up to buy the silence of two women who claimed he had affairs with them. Confronting mounting legal and political threats, Trump took to Twitter to accuse Cohen of making up stories in order to get a deal from federal prosecutors. Cohen pleaded guilty Tuesday to eight charges, including campaign finance violations that he said he carried out in coordination with Trump. Behind closed doors, Trump expressed worry and frustration that a man intimately familiar with his political, personal, and business dealings for more than a decade had turned on him. Yet his White House signaled no clear strategy for managing the fallout. At a White House briefing, Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders insisted at least seven times that Trump had done nothing wrong and was not the subject of criminal charges. She referred substantive questions to the president's personal counsel, Rudy Giuliani, who was at a golf course in Scotland. Outside allies of the White House said they'd received little guidance on how to respond to the events and their appearances on cable news, and it was not clear the West Wing was assembling any kind of coordinated response. Ohio State on Wednesday night suspended head football coach Urban Meyer for three games for mishandling domestic violence accusations, punishing one of the sport's most prominent leaders for keeping an assistant on staff for several years after that coach's wife accused him of abuse. The move followed a two-week investigation into how Meyer reacted to allegations that former Buckeye assistant Zach Smith abused his ex-wife Courtney Smith. Zach Smith was fired last month after she asked a judge for a protective order. Courtney Smith alleged her husband shoved her against a wall and put his hands around her neck in 2015. The university put Meyer on paid leave and began its investigation after Courtney Smith spoke out publicly, sharing text messages and photos she traded in 2015 with Meyer's wife Shelly, who is a registered nurse and instructor at Ohio State. Trustees discussed the decision to punish Meyer in a marathon meeting of more than 12 hours Wednesday. Athletic Director Gene Smith, who is not related to Zach or Courtney Smith, was also suspended from August 31st through September 16th. In local news, Thetford Township Police Chief Robert Kenny was arrested this week in connection with an investigation into surplus military equipment his department received. Court records show Kenny is charged with embezzlement and obstruction of justice dating back to 2012. The Sheriff's Office has been investigating Thetford Township's use of more than $1 million worth of surplus military equipment obtained through the Law Enforcement Supports Office over the past decade. Kenny obtained the equipment, including a large forklift, down to several used sleeping bags on behalf of the township's two-person police department. Thetford Township Supervisor Gary Stevens has challenged Kenny for months to account for the whereabouts of the equipment. Much of it had been stored on private property inside and outside the township. In April, the sheriff's office raided the Thetford Township offices and seized several boxes of evidence. An EPA employee credited with sounding the alarm that Flint's water wasn't safe to drink told his side of the story in court Wednesday. Miguel Del Toro took the witness stand in the 14th day of a preliminary hearing against four Michigan Department of Environmental Quality employees. Stephen Bush, Michael Prisby, Leanne Schechter-Smith, and Patrick Cook are all facing at least two felony charges apiece. Their charges include misconduct in office and involuntary manslaughter against two of them related to the deaths of two people who allegedly died of Legionnaire's disease. 
A series of emails were put in evidence Wednesday showing Del Toro's communication with Bush and Cook. In one of those emails, Bush told him the proper corrosion controls were in place at the Flint water treatment plant, but when he started asking more, Cook told him no corrosion control was in place. Special Prosecutor Todd Flood is planning to call Del Toro back to the witness stand when the hearing continues on September 19th. More testimony dates are scheduled into October. In sports, John Lester pitched into the sixth inning and the Chicago Cubs homered three times, finally breaking out of their offensive funk in an 8-2 victory over the Tigers on Wednesday night. Biker abandons motorcycle after leaving a long skid mark in wet cement and possibly other places. That story in the forecast in 60 seconds. The Tom Sumner program is made possible in part by Back to the Bricks, presented by Buick. From Chrome and Ice in February to the promo tour in June, plus tune-up parties, the cruise, and the big show in August, Back to the Bricks events celebrate the rich automotive history of Flint, Michigan, and America's love affair with the automobile. More about Back to the Bricks on Facebook and at backtothebricks.org. Support for the Tom Sumner Program comes from Hamity Complete Food Center, the same family values and community spirit that founded Hamity's back in 1911 and sent trucks of food to sit-down strikers in 1937, is back. Hamity sacks and all. Hamity Complete Food Center is located at 2629 West Pearson Road near Clio Road in Flint and on Facebook. Apparently, there's something irresistible about wet cement. A photo shared on social media by MDOT shows a motorcycle in a 969 work zone after a biker abandoned ship after landing in freshly poured concrete. Another photo shows a huge skid mark in the concrete. MLive said in a Facebook post, quote, you can pick your bike up at the impound where the police will be waiting. Sunny today with a high of 81, cleared tonight with a low of 56, partly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 78 and a low of 64. That's the latest. I'm Sean Cantwell. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Hal Moss, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Stream us live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon at TomSumnerProgram.com, made possible by listeners like you. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. to sit down this morning with uh, three of... Uh, race elites, if you will, um, starting with uh, the Crim Race Director, Andrew uh, Younger. Andrew, what isn't going to happen tomorrow because you took time out to talk to me? <laughs> I know how busy things are around here. Well, you know what, uh, Tom? Uh, one thing I can say is that uh, that I'm feeling great about everything that's happening tomorrow and, and today because I have such a fantastic team of staff and volunteers who are so dedicated and so committed and have been doing so much, you know, playing so many roles and th- that they know exactly what needs to be done They and they just go out and do it. And uh, and so, so it makes my job a lot easier. I, I'm also joined uh, here at the round table, if you will, uh, in the CRIM offices um, by a- another race director, the uh, Boston Marathon. Perhaps you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> joining me is uh, David McGilver. He's also a motivational speaker. And David, what brings you to Flint? I, you don't get enough of uh, races working for the, bear, the Boston Marathon? 
Yeah, I mean, my wife always says that we, we, I direct about 30 races a year, and so there are a couple of weekends that I have off a year, and she says, you will <laughs> not go to a road race on a weekend, you know, and here I am in another road race. So. Right, right. But um, I've never been to this race, and a- Andrew and his team asked me if I'd come and speak at some of the function stuff, so that's generally why I'm here. Um, but I have to say that... Um, you know, having directed between 900 and 1,000 races over the last uh, 30 years and, you know, directing Boston for 26, sometimes you think uh, you got it all down pat, that you know it all and no other race does it better. And then you step outside that box and you come to someone else's event and you look around and you say, you know, I can still learn. There, there are things out there that other people are doing that are very creative thinking outside the box, and that's what I'm seeing here in Flint, and especially with Andy and his team, is just extraordinary what they've accomplished and brought the vision of Bobby to such an incredible height, and I'm extremely impressed with what I've seen so far. You mentioned Bobby, and uh, we're uh, actually fortunate to have with us as well the namesake of the uh, Crim Festival of Races, a a former uh, state legislator, Bobby Crim. Bobby, uh, welcome to the show, and thanks for uh, sitting down. Thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. What does it feel like to you? year after year, you know, to, to see your name emblazoned all over town and thousands of people running uh, in this race that you founded, oh, so many years ago. It's, it's very exciting. Every year I get excited. Every year I get more excited, it seems like, to look out and see those thousands and thousands of people running and knowing that every year there's going to be thousands and thousands more the next year. And what it does for this city And uh, what we do with the money, you know, there's thousands of kids in this community that have no phys ed. The uh, foundation provides uh, some money to help them have some physical education program. And so I think, look, how many thousands of lives are being affected by those youth programs? We have an adult program that's very exciting with probably on an average at least 1,500 every year. So I get excited just thinking about, you know, how many lives are being affected and what it's doing for this community. And every year it comes right back and, you know, I'm, I'm excited again and can't wait to get to the start line. Have you run in every single No, one? I haven't. I've had some physical problems over the years, but I've missed only one in the last seven or eight. And, uh, I hope to continue and uh, not miss too many more over the next uh, 30 or 40 years. So you'll be running tomorrow as well? Oh, I'll be running tomorrow. All right, good for you. Um, And, David, I have to to ask you this because I think one one of the, uh, and and Andrew, feel free to, to weigh in, one of my first recollections of the Boston Marathon Goes. This goes way back to the mid-late 70s or something, and there was a little bit of a scandal about somebody jumping into the race partway through and, and ending up being in the top finishers or something. And, and, and it, was, it was just kind of a goofy story. But technology makes that sort of thing not really possible anymore, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're obviously referring to Rosie Ruiz. And, uh, <laughs> and she that story still follows you around, I take the it. the MBTA three-quarters of the way <laughs> and then jumped in at Kenmore Square with a mile to go. And I think she didn't probably realize that she jumped in before the lead women went by. And the fact that she jumped in before they did and crossed the finish line in first place and at the time was crowned the overall winner. 
the funniest picture in the world is <laughs> at the press conference that day is she's sitting next to Bill Rogers, who won. And Bill's looking at her like, no way. No way. There's not even a drop of sweat or salt on your face that you cover this distance. And um, things always, the truth comes out in life. And um, so she, uh, she was, her crown was taken away, and they crowned the, uh, the actual winner, Jackie Garreau from Canada. And uh, so that's what that, happened um but yeah technology really has done an incredible uh, thing to this entire sport as it does in all of life where chip technology has come in and now every runner in the race is wearing a bib with a chip you know um on the back of the bib and so we have our surveillance mats along the course to pick up the chip so we can track runners the entire way in fact every year we adjudicate the results and we look at if someone missed two or more systems along the course, we send them a letter saying, you got to explain this or you're subject to disqualification. So it's a pretty fair system now. The the other thing is, and, and I know from, from talking with uh, Andrew, some of the logistics that goes into putting on a big race, but a new layer has been added because of the tragic uh, events of the last Boston Marathon. Did you ever think you were going to be looking at, at public safety on that level? Uh, I, I mean, you're, you're always worried about, you know, heart attacks and, and heat stroke and, and some of the other things that happen when people are, are running a, a long race like these. Um, did that, did you have any kind of foreshadowing of that kind of security uh, concern? I, I don't. I don't think any of us looked at something like that as actually ever realistically happening. But it's not like it hasn't been discussed. I mean, a lot of races have been either rerouted or actually halted because of suspicious packages, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it's happened uh, in, in St. Louis. It's happened in Flying Pig. It's happened at a lot of different races. And, um... But they've all turned out being okay. So we've we've it's always been in the back of my our minds. But they've been hypothetical tabletop exercises. It's not hypothetical anymore. It's real. It's happened. So the response to that obviously has to be significant. We can't just take this for granted that. Um, it'll never happen again. It was isolated. At the same time, you know, we, we want to balance things out. We don't want to make it so restrictive and so limited that these scoundrels want out and that they're making it very inconvenient for all of us to do what we love to do, which basically turns out to be so good in terms of in so many ways health and fitness benefits to participants feeling good about themselves raising levels of self-esteem economic impact raising money for worthwhile causes helping so many different beneficiaries and charities that will not be taken away from us but we still have to be vigilant we have to be aware of our surroundings we have to leave public safety to public safety officials let them determine mm-hmm. threat levels let them determine what level of security and safety needs to be um, you know set forth in in our events uh. more throwback thursday with bobby crim 
race director uh, Andrew Younger and Boston Marathon director David McGilvery after we take a short break. Don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Crime Stoppers is offering up to $2,500 for information that helps lead to the felony arrest of the person responsible for killing Sidney Pettigrew. On Tuesday, May 1st, 2018, 51-year-old Sidney Pettigrew was shot and killed while working out at the Rock Fitness Center in the 2500 block of South Saginaw Street on Flint Southside. Submit information anonymously at p3tips.com or by calling 1-800-422-JAIL. Remember, your voice matters. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a I sunny up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like, good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch, more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
Since April of 2008, Tom Sumner has produced a daily talk show promoting civilized conversation about politics, public affairs, pop culture, and the arts. From intelligent interviews, forums, and armchair politics, to live musical performances and previews of Flint Symphony Orchestra concerts. Hello! I'm Maestro Enrique DeMake wishing Tom a happy 10th anniversary. Congratulations on your success, my friend! The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Ten years and more to come. Support for the Tom Sumner Program comes from Hamity Complete Food Center, the same family values and community spirit that founded Hamity's back in 1911 and sent trucks of food to sit-down strikers in 1937, is back. Hamity sacks and all. Hamity Complete Food Center is located at 2629 West Pearson Road near Clio Road in Flint and on Facebook. Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Stream us live weekdays at 9 Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, made possible by listeners like you. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. And welcome back, everybody. This hour, we're... uh, commemorating Throwback Thursday with an interview from 2013 uh, that uh, took place in the CRIM offices. We're having this, uh, uh, offering this repeat today, this Throwback Thursday offering in honor of uh, the CRIM Festival races, which kicks off this weekend uh, on the bricks in downtown Flint. And uh, back in 2013, I went to the CRIM offices, and I got a chance to sit down not only with race director uh, Andrew Younger, who was on the show yesterday talking about this year's CRIM Festival of Races, but uh, also got a chance to meet and visit with the founder of the CRIM race, Bobby CRIM himself. And as an added bonus, that was the same year as the uh, Boston Marathon bombing. And the director of the Boston Marathon was in Flint to do some motivational speaking and to run in the crim. So he joined us, uh, and uh, we're going to pick up that, uh, that conversation already in progress as we continue. That's not my expertise. I put on road, road races, <laughs> and I, I move road cones like Andrew. But at the same time, all the other stuff we're responsible for, it's extremely labor-intensive. I don't think anyone really has a true appreciation for this side of the fence until they get involved in this sure. and see how how much work it is, how many details have to be covered. I mean, I, I tell this quick story about I'm giving a talk to three, 400 runners in the race the day before Boston. Say, how many, how many are you running in the race tomorrow? And 400 hands go up. And I say, okay, how many are directing the race tomorrow? You know, and I raise my hand and I <laughs> right. say, those odds really stink. It's like all of you <laughs> against a, a couple of us. But it gives them a little bit of an awareness that, you know, all they have to do is take personal responsibility and take care of themselves. Right. But we're responsible for all of them. That's a huge, huge amount of responsibility. Sorry, Andy. But, you know, <laughs> but it is true. We take it personally. It's we want to make sure everyone has an equal, great um, experience in the event. We just don't treat... Focus on the stars. We everyone's faceless to me. That we, we treat them all alike. We want to make sure right. everyone from the front to the middle to the back has a great experience. Do Kenyans always win the uh, Boston Marathon the way they do here at the Crim? <laughs> no, I mean 
God bless the Kenyans and and their work. No, they're ethic. tremendous runners, but right. it just every year in the you know in the Grim, there's always uh, a oh, couple of Kenyans out front. That's their national sport. I mean, right. here in America, it's baseball, football, whatever. So it it's re- reasonable to believe that they'll do that well. But no, they don't always win. But um, you know, in Boston, probably in the last twenty years, I, um, a Kenyan has probably won fifteen of the last twenty. Yeah, which, you know, 75% is pretty good odds. Better odds than the director versus the runners. (laughs) Um, And Andrew and I had this uh, conversation about security Mm -hmm. right after the the Boston tragedy, David. And, of course, here in Flint last weekend, these are back-to-back big weekends. We had Back to the Bricks last weekend, and now the Crim Festival uh, of Races this weekend. And I was down for some of the uh, Back to the Bricks activities, and with help from the Mount Foundation and area police departments, there was a virtual army downtown. You know, now because of the the, the Boston event, all mm-hmm. big events are looking, or you know, being looked at by Homeland Security, by local law enforcement, you know, as a potential problem. Do you have you been working with the area? Uh, oh, no, law enforcement no, absolutely, people. Absolutely, yes. And um, you know, I am just, uh, I'm just amazed by the level of of interest and and attention that we have been receiving. And it's it's you know, I, I absolutely accept it all because because what what our uh, local, state, and federal uh, safety and security mm-hmm. agencies are going to ensure is that every single person. Only the only thing they have to worry about is their race or their loved one who's in a race or just having a good time and enjoying themselves because they are working so hard. And when I think about the level of cooperation that they that they are uh, that they have with each other and the level of communication and coordination, it is so much work. And and I mean the fact that we live in a a community and in a society that cares that much about having having a wonderful and joyous event like this go off without a hitch fills me with nothing but gratitude that that we are able to do this i mean and and it really is wonderful and and you know i am confident that no one will notice Really, there there may be a couple minor things that people notice in terms of uh, you know there might be a, a heightened presence of of security, but but really it's it, you know, I, I think it's going to go off without a hitch, and I have I have every reason to believe that because because our uh, our uh, law enforcement and security agencies have just been amazing. And uh, this is a question for Bobby. Um, You've been involved in this up close and, and personal all these years, and in recent years, Flint has uh, earned a reputation as being a particularly violent city. You've, I'm sure, read all the, the stories and the FBI rankings and all of that, number one, three years in a row for uh, homicide per capita. Have you ever considered moving the race to somewhere else? No, not at all. We were approached in the early years about it going to a couple other cities. But by that time, this community... Any, any that are thinking about bankruptcy? <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't one of them. Okay. But, uh, but uh, we never even considered it because by that time, this community had embraced the race so much. It, as, I say, as I said last, it's their race. It's the community race to even contemplate 
moving the race is just beyond thought even. And uh, even back then, around the oh, 10th or 15th year when we were approached, it already was obvious. This was the community race and everything. And truly, uh, it, things have changed. 9-11 uh, changed us a lot. Uh, Boston changed us even more. But once again, uh, we can't let that, as David says, we can't let that affect what is so good about all this stuff. We just can't let it affect us. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of this community. I'm proud of uh, the, the country, as, uh, as uh, Andy says, for what they're doing to make sure we're as safe as possibly can be. And Flint and crime, it goes along with the economic conditions. We have the worst economic conditions probably in the country in this area. So you're going to have crime that comes with that. There's no doubt about it. And we've had our difficult times here in Flint, no doubt about it. Boston's now having theirs. And as they've used it last night, Boston strong, Flint strong. We spoken are spoken more like a former legislator <laughs> than a race founder. But uh, well done, sir, and uh, great points indeed. Um, and, and Tom, if you don't mind, I, can yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I want, I want to add to that that uh, I was talking with one of our one of our lieutenants who's who's helping us coordinate all this, the Flint Police Lieutenant, and he made the point that the Flint downtown area is one of the 100 safest downtowns in the entire nation. So it doesn't matter what you hear about the overall statistics. I mean, the downtown area is safe. And I, I work down here. I spend a lot of time down here. And I, yeah, I know a lot of people who do. And we all enjoy it. We walk everywhere. And uh, you know, I, I, I think that, that that can't be stressed enough, that it's a wonderful place for people to come and visit. And, and you have to look at the fact that things have changed in Flint, even in the last two or three years. Look sure. at what's happened happening in the downtown. Absolutely. Look at the restaurants and the, the streets and everything else. So we have a reputation uh, that's going to be hard to overcome, but we're in the process of doing that and, I think and, right now, as Andy says. And, and, and it is to some degree, of course, you know, on my show we talk politics and current events a lot, and we've talked about this issue an awful oh, yeah. lot, and there are a lot of different ways to look at it, and we all know what uh, Mark Twain said about statistics. So, um, that that being said, I uh, I want to move back over to um, uh, David for a minute. You have said, uh, I, I think, in your remarks yesterday, and uh, since you came to town, that in your experience running races around the country, you're seeing in the wake of what happened in Boston. Um, almost more enthusiasm and bigger numbers as, as if people are, are are really sort of joining in a, in a race community in support of uh, Boston as um, in, in a, in a uh, way of sort of fighting back is kind of the impression I get. Um, are, did you want to expand on that a little bit? Or, well, or? I just... There were people who were there at the scene when the bombs went off who were hurt physically, 280 of them. Yeah. And three tragically lost their lives. And But there were thousands and thousands of people who were victimized by the bombing. Sure. You know, whether they were in another country or here in the United States and, and watching And much it. like September 11th, just David, like, just all like over that. the country. Yeah. We, were, we were all victims. And and, and and I can tell you, and I, I, I mm. feel comfortable speaking for these two gentlemen, mm. that all three of us 
feel a tremendous empathy for what you must have been feeling mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. see that many people injured in yeah. an event you were involved and, in. And so you feel it. And so you, you have to recover, too. You have to heal, too. The country does. This was not an attack on a road race. This was a, an attack on a, Americans, on all of us. And so the outpouring of support has been overwhelming. I mean, so overwhelming, it, it just... We can't. We don't know what to do with it all. <laughs> we have more banners and posters in our office, signed by runners and people all over the country, all over the world. Then we have to build a whole museum just for that. And people want to take action. They want to do something. And one way for them to take action is to not quit, but to participate more, to show solidarity, to show right. we will not be denied. And that is the very reason. That's their way of recovering, of healing, of proving that, you know, we're resilient. And so participation in races since April has increased versus just the opposite. So that's it's great. Exciting. A- Andrew, are you seeing that as well? Are, you, are the numbers up this year? Yeah, actually, we are. Uh, first, I'll say that uh, in, almost immediately after the, the bombings in Boston, we saw a big spike that's, that was unprecedented. We talked about yep, that. Yep. And, uh, and, and then, of course, it leveled off a bit, but it has the, the momentum has been building and building, as it always does every year. And coming into the Expo, we are looking really good, especially for a non-anniversary year. On the fives and tens, we always have... Uh, we we always have higher participation, but this year it's looking like we're going to have that level of participation again. I, th- I think we're going to be over sixteen thousand in terms of total participation. And the other factor of that, of course, is is the weather. And you know, the yeah, yeah, the <laughs> forecast couldn't be better. Yeah, really. Absolutely, yeah. There are a lot of people who who wake up on Saturday morning and they they, they open one eye and look out the out the window yeah. and say, oh, maybe I'll run this morning. So so uh, and and we encourage that. If that's the way that you want to, if that's the way that you want to participate, we absolutely welcome it. But uh, you know, so this year, I, I think we're going to be lucky with the weather. Well, let's get to the fun stuff. Yeah. What's the agenda for tomorrow? Well, um, actually, I'd like to start with today. Because, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Because there's, because there's a there's lot going on dinner today. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. The ex- the the Commit to Fit Health and Fitness Expo starts at eleven this morning, or started at eleven this morning, and uh, will go until nine p.m. And so anyone can come, or race racers can come in. And and pick up their bibs or register if they haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, anyone's welcome to that because there are all kinds of uh, vendors, uh, great deals on running stuff, uh, but also all kinds of great information. At 4.30, uh, Dave will actually be speaking at the at the Riverfront Residence Hall, and um, that is, uh, we're really excited about that. That's open to the public and free, and so we welcome everyone to come down to that. This um, will be airing right about that time, oh, good, so good. if you really want to, you know, freak yourself out. Yeah. Tune us in on your on your phone, and you'll be able to hear him in two Wonderful. places at the same oh, time. Stereo, I love it. I love it. Well, and then uh, at uh, at six p.m. The special, the Lois Craig Invitational for the Special Olympics will start, and that is absolutely inspiring to see those athletes go. It is yeah. just, I mean, if, if you want to be inspired to do, to go out and do great things, you need to go and watch this. And uh, we're, what's great too about that is that immediately following the uh, the Special Olympics is the Michigan Mile Race Series. So we're starting off with the professional mile. We've got a, a slate of runners from all over the world who are some of the fastest people 
in the world. In, in, the, in the men's division, we have several people under four minutes, and we've got, uh, in the women's division, several people under 430. I mean, it's, and, and if you're familiar with, you know, the speed of one-mile runners, that is fast. And so we're really excited about this. It's starting, it starts on the bricks uh, in, in, right on Saginaw Street and goes around the U of M Flint campus, mm-hmm. and, it, uh, and it ends kind of at the top of campus, and then people can come on down. But it is, the one-mile event is so exciting to watch because there's speed, there's, there's intense competition. They don't spread out, you know, they, they don't have the distance or time to spread out like they do in a 10-mile or, or a marathon race. So, uh, so it's, there, there's some instant gratification to it because, because it's really only going to last four or so minutes. And uh, so anyway, after after the professional mile goes off, we've invited uh, high school area um, students to compete for bragging rights for their school and really nice. for themselves in what we're calling the high school challenge. And that'll be around uh, 7.20, 7.30. And then uh, immediately following that is the open Michigan mile. And that is for anyone. And what's great about the one mile distance is that it's, it's wonderful for people who are serious sprinters and who have, who have been you know into running for a while and would like to test how fast they could actually run a, run a mile. Uh, but then it's also a great distance for people who maybe are thinking about getting into running or walking. And mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, it's not intimidating. It's, it's, it's just a mile. And I shouldn't say that because, because it really is a, it, it, it's a good distance. And I, I know people who are, uh, who are doing the mile and it's the longest they've gone. And, and it's a great <laughs> accomplishment. You know, no, no matter what goal, you, you know, no matter what distance you set or, or try, try and do, if you're setting a goal for yourself and it's extending, you know, it's extending your limits, then it's a tremendous accomplishment. And, uh, and the other exciting thing about the mile tonight is that it is the first time ever that we have actually sold out of a race. We, uh, wow. yeah, we took a gamble by moving it to Friday night yeah. and, um, it, it, the response has been amazing and overwhelming, and so um, you know we we order we have almost doubled the participation versus uh, last year and, and previous years in terms of the one mile event. Um, and then so that that'll really kind of wrap things up. I do. That's you, just today. That's just today. Well, <laughs> that's and, just and, today. And Tomorrow's mention, the big day. That's right. <laughs> I, you did mention the pasta party, and I want to make sure people know they can come on down to the to the sure. festival lot and uh, starting at four thirty, uh, get a get a great dinner. It's it's a good way to get ready for the race on Saturday and um, that is that is hosted by the Shelter of Flint so the mm-hmm. proceeds go to a really important and good cause there. Um, so on Saturday at 8am well excuse me I should say at 7.30am the wheelers and hand cyclists go off mm. at 7 7- 45, our 30-year and, and longer runners will go off. And, and this is the first year that we will have 100 people who have been running 30 or more crims. It's a real milestone. It's, 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 we're just so honored. Uh, and, uh, and then at 8 a.m., the, the, main, the main event goes off. We actually have eight waves this year because, because wow. we, we're expecting a big crowd, but also we've got, with the course changes, we've got a couple of tight turns early on, so we, we're making we, we have more waves of people so that it's not, we're hoping to avoid some bottlenecks, and I think that that I think we have a good solution in place. Um, but then uh, the other the the, uh, the the following races are actually a little bit earlier than they have been in the past. So mm-hmm. at the, so the eight k will take place at uh, nine o'clock. 
and then the 5K at 9.30. And then uh, the teddy bear trot, which used to be at 1 p.m., is now going to take place at noon. So so those of you who uh, who maybe have kids who, you know, if you're thinking about doing the 10-mile or the 8K or the 5K and then want to stick around for your, for your kids to do the teddy bear trot, you won't have to wait quite as long. And then, of course, uh, as, as everyone knows, we have the much-anticipated uh, and, and much-enjoyed festival that happens after the race. And of course. And so, you know, we've got all kinds of great festivities, wonder, you know, really, really fun bands playing. Uh, we've got really great vendors for food, beer, pizza, uh, soft drinks, and we also have a, a great uh, children's activities area that, uh, that has been organized by the uh, Children's Museum here in, in town. So, wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's just it's going to be a wonderful day, just nothing but joy joy and inspiration from start to finish. Hey, you mentioned the change in the course, and, and I wanted to ask uh, Bobby Krim, because he's probably more experienced at running this race than anybody, if he has any uh, any tips for people about the uh, Bradley Hills. <laughs> uh, the Bradley Hills uh, is, is, is a lot mental. Um, when I was running well, like six and a half minute miles on the average, uh, back in when I was 50 years old, I used to just cut the tops off of them. The Bradley Hills is in most people's head. Now, for yeah. guys like me over 80, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a little challenging. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it's still mostly uh, mental. And, uh, and the course is a good course. It has challenges in it, and uh, it's, not, it's not a long distance. It's not a short distance, but it's just right, I think. And that, we chose the 10-mile course because there was very few 10 miles uh, at the time. There's still not a lot of 10 miles in the country. So I think it's great. I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank David for coming to Flint. Great boost for the race, great boost for the city. And uh, both towns have had their problems for different reasons, but the saying you brought, Boston strong, Flint strong, is a good one. We have similar things we've had to overcome, similar but different uh, uh, at the same time. But thank you very much, David. Bobby Krim, the uh, the founder and namesake for the Krim Festival of Races. It's a real honor to meet you, sir, and thanks for spending some time with us. And- and welcome back, everybody. We're going to go to break in uh, just a uh, couple of minutes or so, and, uh, and then we'll be back with the final segment for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. But uh, that conversation... Uh, was one for Throwback Thursday in honor of the Crim Festival of Races coming up this weekend. There toward the uh, end, if you heard some of the, the dates and times for races, that, that interview was uh, recorded at the Crim offices in 2013. And if you missed Andrew Younger on the show yesterday talking about this year's event, you can get more information at org. But what a treat to be able to go back and... Uh, Pull that interview in honor of the Crim from 2013 with Andrew Younger, but also the founder of the race, Bobby Crim, and of course uh, the the special guest from the Boston Marathon, its director, David McGilvery. It was a, a very interesting um, opportunity. I had not met Bobby Crim uh, before doing that interview, and it was. Uh, uh, as I mentioned in the interview, a real honor to uh, talk to him. But it was uh, an honor to meet David McGilvery from the Boston Marathon as well, and it's always a treat to talk with Andrew Younger. He was on the show yesterday. And again, 
uh, if you want to know more about the activities going on today, tomorrow, and Saturday with regard to this uh, year's Crim Festival of Races. You can check it out at crim.org. Now, we're going to take a uh, short break and uh, let our broadcast partners uh, squeeze a few words in edgewise. They are WFOV 92.1 FM LP, our voices, excuse me, our voices radio in Flint, a broadcast service of the Odyssey House of Flint, Spectacle Productions, and our good friend Paul Herring. If you're streaming the show at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well, and we'll be back with uh, more of the Tom Sumner Program right after this. Don't touch that dial don't click that mouse the tom sumner program old-fashioned radio for a new generation the tom sumner program is made possible with support from flint comics and entertainment the world's leading free comics and entertainment newspaper at flintcomics at gmail.com This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better and kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. 
Flint Community Schools encourages area families to enroll today for the 2018-19 school year. Reinforce the importance of a high-quality education to your child by enrolling early at Flint Community Schools. To enroll, visit the Administration Building at 923 East Kersley Street in Flint, which is open year-round. For more information or answers to common questions, visit flintschools.org or call 810-760-1000. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Stream us live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon at TomSumnerProgram.com, made possible by listeners like you. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Another five-minute mystery. See if you can solve the case before the end of the program. Well, Alice, one more block and you'll behold the Brooks household. Two whole years, Jim. It just doesn't seem possible it's been so long. You and Dorothy married and with a place of your own? Ah, it's true, all right. Only too bad you haven't taken advantage of the old Brooks hospitality sooner. Well, I'm here now and I intend on having a perfectly wonderful time. Now here we are. Oh, what a charming place this is. Dorothy's probably on needles and pins waiting for me to get you here. Darling, it's Jim. Here's Alice. (gasps) Jim, look! What? Where? There, on the living room floor. It's Dorothy, dead. Mr. Brooks, I'm afraid you and Miss Manning will have to submit to some routine questions. I'll be happy to help in any way I can, Inspector. Thank you, Miss Manning. Now, Mr. Brooks, while we're waiting for some information I phoned for, I want you to tell me exactly what happened this morning. Well, there's nothing much to tell. Both my wife and I were quite excited, expecting Alice, that is, Miss Brand- Miss Manning here, to visit us from Chicago. I was to wait until she called me at the office. And you were there all morning? Yes, until Miss Manning's train arrived and we came out here. I had written Mrs. Brooks to tell her that I would call Jim at the office as soon as I arrived. The train was an hour late. Maybe if I had been here earlier, it may have been prevented. Hmm, well, that remains to be seen. Apparently, Miss Brooks was sitting here in this chair putting red polish on her fingernails when she was shot from behind. The polish has spilled all over the carpet, and she was still holding the tiny brush in her hand. She must have recognized her attacker, and since she did not die instantly, she printed these three initials here on the floor with the polish. D-O-C. D-O-C? I wish we could tell whose initials she was trying to reveal. Yes, sir. You don't know anyone whose name would fit that? 
positive. I can't. Oh, oh. Yes, Miss Manning, can you think of somebody with those initials? Well, I, I, D-O-C spells Doc, and it's Mr. Brooks's nickname. Why, it can't be. Yes, Mr. Brooks. I haven't been called Doc in over two years. It was a nickname I picked up in school. My wife didn't like the name and never used it. No one in New York even knows me by Doc. I've, you've got to believe me, Inspector. It's the truth. Hmm, well, that we'll see. Just a minute. Hello? Yes, Grady? Yes. I see. Well, it's sewed up anyway. Thanks. Well, you both will be happy to know our little murder is solved. Oh, then, then it wasn't Doc after all? No, Miss Manning, it wasn't Doc. I'm arresting you, Miss Manning, for the murder of Dorothy Brooks. Why did the inspector arrest Miss Manning for the murder of Mrs. Brooks? In a moment, we'll hear. And now, back to our story. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again. This time, from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, here Elvis from Graceland in the Sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Hurley Gate Rock. All dug up. Lying in the chapel and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send 995 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residents, add $3. We'll hear. And now, back to our story. How dare you arrest me? I was still on the train. Your train wasn't late, Miss Manning. That phone call just verified the fact. You came out here, murdered Miss Brooks, returned to the station, and called Mr. Brooks to pick you up. That wasn't what really gave you away, though, Miss Manning. Too bad you didn't know Mr. Brooks was no longer called Doc when you printed those letters on the carpet. The next time you leave a name as a clue to throw suspicion, you'd better get the name right. But of course, there won't be a next time, will there, Miss Manning? Join us again next time for another chance to solve a five-minute mystery. Miss Johnson, I hope she's watching. And I want to, here I am, Miss Johnson. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't a matter of my not telling the truth when I told you I'd be. Like motorbikes. I like motorbikes. This is a great new story I've been working on about a motorbike. It's about this guy, this guy named Charlie. 
Charlie got a motorbike for his birthday, you know? He was happy. Yeah, I got a motorbike. I got a motorbike. <laughs> and he wanted his best friend to see it, you know? So he said, I'm going to ride over to my best friend's house and show him my motorbike. And he got on the bike, you know? <laughs> his friend lived next door. <laughs> and he calls his friend out, you know, and he shows him the motorbike. And his friend said, yeah, that's always a sharp motorbike. He said, but, uh... I bought my tennis shoes down because I wanted you to see my tennis shoes. And Charlie said, tennis shoes? I said, yeah, I said, my tennis shoes, I wanted you to see them. He said, I'm as proud of my tennis shoes as you are that motorbike. He said, in fact, I'm willing to bet you that these tennis shoes are faster than that motorbike. Charlie said, are you crazy? How's a pair of tennis shoes gonna be faster than the motorbike? Do you want to race? I said, yeah, I'll race you. So the guy puts on the tennis shoe, Charlie gets on the motorbike, and people were going by up into the hall of the building, and they heard them talking about it, you know, and they went, they're knocking on the doors, you know, the apartments, telling people. So everybody started looking out of the window and said, tennis shoes against the motorbike? Yeah, right down there. Said, he gonna rate tennis shoes against the motorbike? Said, that's ridiculous. How's the man tennis shoes gonna meet the motorbike? Said, right down there. <laughs> and then the race started, you know, the motor, the guy on the motorbike starts up. Charlie started about 25 miles an hour. <laughs> Sometimes my lips get stuck doing this. <laughs> maybe they'll cut that out. <laughs> and I'm doing about 25 miles an hour, and Charlie's friend is running right alongside him. You know, said, man, he said, you better go and start the race, because a lot of people got their money back. <laughs> Charlie said, OK, so I'm going to whip it up to 45. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the uh, Tom Sumner program. Thanks to all of my guests on the show. Starting out uh, early this morning with Brendan Beery, a constitutional law professor, talking about some of the legal things that have been in the headlines recently. Always a pleasure to talk with Brendan. Also, author Anna Clark, author of The Poison City, the definitive timeline of what happened, uh, what we call the Flint water crisis, what exactly happened. And then our Throwback Thursday offering with Bobby Krim, David McGilvery from the Boston Marathon, and... Uh, Andrew Younger from the Crim Festival of Races. Tomorrow, Queen Elizabeth drops by to talk about uh, this year's um, Michigan Renaissance Festival. So you'll want to tune in for that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, have a great day. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. 
we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.